The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I read this story over the last week or two and I thought, what a, what a tragic story of a young couple building their dream and then he passes away and she decides, okay, I'm going to keep this dream going in his memory. Uh, I speak of Wildlife Rescue Cork, which is based out in Whitechurch and Julie Cronin joins me. Uh, Julie, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, yeah, so we set up um, the rescue in 2017 and um, thinking we'd a long road ahead, probably another 40 years of doing doing the rescue together. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, I lost uh, my husband to cancer then in um, 2023. So um, we set it up initially. Um, it's to rescue, rehabilitate and release injured or native species in Ireland because mm. um, there's very little facilities in, in Ireland for that and there's nothing in Cork. So we set that up. John was only 36 when he passed away. What happened to him? So he just went to the doctor with a persistent cough and that he couldn't shake and um, unfortunately was then diagnosed with um, stage four lung cancer. Um, so it um, was very surprising because he's a, a very healthy individual, never smoked, never drank, anything like that. Very healthy lifestyle. So it was quite a shock to us um, for that to have happened. He lived just just under three years um, from when he was diagnosed, so he did exceptionally well with the treatment and he constantly was pushing for more treatment um, from his consultant, Professor Power, um, and they worked together and they, they managed to get an extra bit of time for him. Was he able to work all through that or did he have to give up work? So he was really lucky. Um, he worked for the family business. Um, so he helped his dad run Glenmill Engineering um, and he was able to then be able to step back on the weeks of the treatment that were too tough for him. Right. So um, we'd say it was a cycle of three weeks treatment. So um, he'd be able to work on his third week for two weeks. He'd be having downtime and then for one week he'd be able to go into work and work away. Now you've known each other since you were little more than kids. Yeah, so I met him when I was 16 years old and he was 18, um, so little babies <laughs> when you look back on it. Um, so we've been together ever since, so we were together nearly just under 18 years. Yeah. When did you meet and where? Um, so we met through um, friends um, in school. Um, we were actually trying to set another couple up um, mm-hmm. and ended up just bonding. Then we went to the cinema and we had a great time in the cinema, all of us, and um, it just kind of developed from there over the next couple of weeks and months. Fantastic. And then... You discovered this mutual love of animals. Yeah, I suppose I'd always known when I wanted to work with animals um, and John was super passionate. He loved um, animals all his life, has loads of pets at home. Um, so obviously that's something easy to bond over as well. Um, and I went away to um, South Africa, Canada, Scotland um, and got loads of experience doing wildlife rehabilitation. Patient, mm. uh, volunteering and doing paid, paid work as well um, and so when I got back to Cork then uh, we decided um, that I try you know we would build a home together um, and that we would build this purpose built facility um, out the back uh, while we were doing it thinking yeah. that that would be sufficient Out the back literally because it was in the garden of your home where, where, where was that? Exactly um, so it's out in Whitechurch we built our home out here and the rescue centre is out in Whitechurch as well Okay, And what size of a place is it now? How many residents do you have? 
Um, so I currently have 25 animals on site. Um, in This is supposed to be the quiet season, but we're quite busy for what should be our quietest kind of two months of the year. Mm. And the summer season then is extremely busy. We get maybe 15, 20 calls a day from people looking for help that they found an injured animal at the side of the road or veterinary practices will call us and that they've handed, had something handed into them. And um, so we try and help everyone that we can. Um, but in our first year of, of doing this kind of volunteer work, we had 38 animals come into us and last year 2023 we had 487 animals into us so um it's going to wow. even go further again yeah. this year i'd say by by the look of things starting in january and february so we're going to be very busy and what do you take in so we take in any injured um native species so um, a lot of things we get is garden birds water birds hedgehogs bats foxes badgers everything like that you, you have a pet fox i think a willow so yeah, we have a resident fox here. So she came to us as a cub. Um, so the vet worked really hard on her for two or three days um, and she bounced back. I didn't think she would. She was so sickly when, when we took her in um, and then they had worked so hard on her. We took her in then to see if her vision would come back because she was found on the roadside. So we thought it might just be a concussion, but she never regained her um, eyesight. So right. she just stayed here as a permanent resident then with us. Yeah, a lot of people just on that. Julie, a lot of people, particularly in sort of country areas or slightly more rural areas, they have foxes that come to them and they'd be thrown out bits of rashers for them and, and things like that. Is that advisable? Yeah, so I always say to people just to be very careful um, of, you know, feeding wildlife. Um, people mean well, 100%. And I always say that and I, I love that about people, especially in Cork, people are excellent. Um, so I would just say to just be mindful that if you are throwing out bits of food, it should never be the entire diet for something so that it no longer needs to go and source or hunt for itself. So um, if you are throwing out bits and pieces, it could be a few bits of scrap, but don't be hand feeding anything. Put it down in the corner of the plot if you're going to be doing it. And just be, you know, just be aware as well that if you went away to Barbados or something for two weeks, that you know what what will happen to that animal then because it yeah. relies on you coming to you for food each evening. So what happens then, or if you move home, you know, so it can be detrimental to them as well. Um, if if you get them into a cycle of coming yeah. every night for food, yeah, I'm, we're coming into the time of year now where where I live, Julie, I'll see foxes in the early morning as the mornings get brighter. I see some foxes in the early morning and some of them would come across sort of to the edge of the estate. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's not good for them, is it? It's lovely, but it's not good for them to become too domesticated like that. No, it's not. 
not and I suppose the, the worry is that just you know yourself or your neighbours might be nice but not everybody is kind to foxes you know and they can get themselves an awful lot of trouble if they wander up to the wrong person at the wrong time you know or the wrong group of people so I always say like wildlife is fantastic and it's excellent to to you know watch from the garden you know from inside or anything like that so um, I think it's really you know really good to do it from a distance you know and not get things kind of used to being hand fed and again things come into the you know the garden people are afraid for their children and stuff and that's fair enough because they are predator species mm, yeah. so um you know it's just important to, to bear that in mind they are wild animals and we do try and keep yeah. them wild they're gorgeous creatures if you can get anywhere close to them so they're birds as well you take in a lot of birds injured birds or just young birds that the nest a bit abandoned yeah, exactly. So we get a lot in the summer season of um, birds that have been maybe fallen out of the nest or, you know, predated by something as well. So, um, you know, ducklings that are kind of found by themselves or, or things like that. So um, a huge amount of the kind of adult birds is mostly flying into windows or being hit by cars or things like that. Um, mm. Or a huge amount, again, being caught by cats. So um, people's cats are out and about and, you know, doing a bit of damage to the wildlife. Mm. Um, so we do say... You know, when birds fledge, they jump on the ground for a day or two. They build up the muscle mass, learn to fly. So yeah. it's really important to keep your cat in for that day or two yeah. if you know birds are fledging in your garden. Because the cat is a natural predator and that's just what they're going to do. It's not because they're a bad creature. It's just what they're going to do. It's a natural predator. Not, not at all. Yeah, it's exactly natural for them, but they're not They're not natural, yeah. you know, in it in our environment we brought them in as domestic pets yeah. so you just must be mindful about that as well that you're introducing them and the birds you know they are native species and they need our help as well Judy do people bring animals to the rescue or do you go and find them what do you do yeah, so we, we do it um, in both ways, really. So um, a lot of times I'll ask people if you can come and meet me somewhere. Um, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll meet you normally at the White Church petrol station, to be honest, um, and I'll take them into the rescue. So I'm not open to the public because it's really important for, again, wildlife to stay wild and to make sure that they're not um, seeing a huge amount of humans or anything like that. So and keep them nice and quiet. So um, I bring them into the rescue here. Myself and the volunteers will deal with them. But again, if it's something that's um, someone can't pick up or isn't comfortable picking up we do have a volunteer base that yeah. will come out to you then um, and do our very best to come as fast as we can and rescue the animal and take it into care then yeah. I'm thinking in terms of hedgehogs for example if I'm right they're going to start coming out of hibernation in a few weeks time you can't pick up a hedgehog and wrap him in your jacket and bring him in to the rescue in the back of the car or can you? So they're actually, they're not too bad. I suppose people have a thing in their heads that they're maybe like porcupines. Can they shoot the quills? Um, so they can't. So uh, what we'd recommend is if you do come across an injured hedgehog, that would be something outside the road or if it's laying out in the grass during the daytime that you just put on maybe some gardening gloves or a thick towel and pop them into a cardboard box um, and then you can get him or a cat carrier or something. You can get him, get him out to me or to a vet. But we would just say, you know, obviously your own health and safety is important. So Santa your hands afterwards yeah. um, and just be aware that they can climb out of boxes as well so people <laughs> yeah. often put them into the sheds thinking it's great he's set and then they go looking for him later on and he's absconded out of the box <laughs> so you know you just have to make sure things are sealed and secure but also yeah. ventilated at the same time we, we used to have a visitor uh, a little hedgehog used to come into our garden at night and he was happy as you know what he found his way around the garden and he got eating whatever he was eating 
but the dogs used to work out inside the kitchen because they didn't know what this small, roundy, spiky thing was that was out and all they wanted to do was, was sniff him. Yeah. The problem with them is, aren't you, Julie, they are riddled with fleas, though. Would you get fleas off them? So they have their kind of a lot of species of um, like host specific fleas and things that only go for that species. Um, but again, a lot of these things are kind of topical treatments that, you know, if your own pets are, you know, treated as they should be for worm and fleas constantly and, um, you know, through your veterinary practice, then they shouldn't pick up these things um, off animals. Uh, but again, you're just double checking your pets if they're out in the garden and it's more so danger for the hedgehog. You know, if you do have dogs and, you know, a hedgehog is coming to frequent you know, whatever, if you leave out food for your cats and stuff at night time, the hedgehogs nearly have a little watch and they know what time you put the food out. So they'll come marching out of the hedge then looking for the food. So it's just, to, you know, just make sure your pets are safe, but also to keep these animals safe from your pets. That's exactly what my little fella used to do. He'd get up on the deck and there'd be <laughs> spilt cat food and he'd have a ball, an absolute ball. Yeah, tell they me love about, it. They love it, yeah. Tell me about Bella. John is still with you as long as Bella's still still with you, isn't she? Isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So Bella um, is a rescue boxer um, from the ICPCA. So we actually got her as a pup um, from a litter that was taken. Um, and um, she was the best thing we ever did. Um, so she gave us life again when it was very difficult for us to focus on anything and um, to be able to get up and see her little face. So she is full of beans. If anyone has ever had a boxer, you know, they're just full of mischief, full of bounce um, and, and great crack. So she gave us she gave us a lot of a lot of laughs, really. And she actually came with me to the funeral as well, which was really important to both of us that she'd be able to say goodbye as well. So she actually came with me and she was a great hit at the funeral. You know, people don't know what to say to me, but they were able to come over and and kind of rub Bella and stuff. So it was just kind of therapeutic for everyone, really. That's nice. That's lovely that she came to the funeral. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, That's lovely. So the plans for the year are, lastly, Julie. And by the way, do you get any funding for this wonderful work? So um, pretty much the majority of our funding is actually from the public. Um, so we're very lucky in Cork. I've always said it. Uh, the Cork people are fantastic to get behind, you know, initiatives. And we do find that definitely when we pick up animals. Um, oftentimes people will give us um, a donation or through PayPal or Facebook. Um, so majority is through um, public donations. We did receive the last two years uh, Department of Agriculture grant. So that went up from 4,000 to 8,000 last year. So we were delighted with that. But again, our costs are increasing year on year because the demand for our services is increasing. Um, so I suppose what's next for us is we really need to move. So we need a bigger facility. We need either land or outbuildings or somewhere for a long-term lease and that we can get in there, build our aviaries and really continue the work we're doing and, and you know provide a larger accommodation for all the different species that are needing our help. Well, delighted to speak to you and you know what, Julie, I sense it won't be the last time because for people, if they come to us with stories of birds or foxes or badgers or anything that they happen to have found injured we'll know who to call and who to send them to. Great talking to you. Perfect, thank you so much for that, I really appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you, Julie and uh, we appreciate yours, that's lovely lovely work going on out there I know the hedgehogs, I just, Kate says she has a hedgehog house that she doesn't even go near, uh, so you don't disturb them. Um, another tip, you, you can pick them up with towels if you don't have gloves. Yeah, they are harmless little creatures, but they're dirty, like they have fleas, like and stuff like that. But they're lovely. We used to have one 
would come in. We have hedges around the garden, and there was one hedge. It's one of these, you know, these hollow hedges. It's a big, thick, privet hedge, which kind of belongs to next door, but the bottom of it is hollow, and my little fellow used to come into it. And, and our fence, he could get through the fence, and he'd come out onto the garden. And the dogs were fascinated, absolutely fascinated by this little small, roundy thing that they couldn't go near it because they'd get a poke in the nose. And it wasn't any danger to them. And <laughs> it would rob the cat food and it would rob their food if it got half a chance. He disappeared after a while. I think he must have found somewhere else to live. Quartz 96 FM.